and welcome back to the Live to Give podcast. I'm Courtney, and I am here with my host, Evan and Nate. How are you guys doing today? What's up? <laughs> here. Here? Yeah. You're present? Trying so hard not to talk about the weather. Mm. That's kind of There's no weather it. today. Huh? Well, we should avoid talking about the beautiful weather. Yeah. Yeah, because it's sunny out. Mm. Yeah, let's not. <laughs> we should just avoid that topic altogether. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I looked at the forecast, and it might be like we're done with cold weather. Yeah, I, oh, I'm hoping. We, yeah, I don't know. We knock have record, on wood. record yeah. snowfall in the UP. Oh. Yeah, that was insane. In May. I didn't see that. You yeah. didn't? May no. 1st, schools were closed and everything. In the oh, UP. yeah? Yeah. Jeez. Those Upers, eh? Yeah. We're the <laughs> trolls, right? They we call, are the trolls. They call the lower peninsula trolls. Yes. I like bridges. Yeah. Because trolls can? live underneath. Do you bridges. live under the bridge? No, I never have, but I've always thought that could be a goal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I uh, did. You guys ever watch the movie around Halloween when you were a kid? Ernest scared stupid. Oh yes, yes. I loved that, and they had those you trolls hilarious. in that movie. Mm-hmm. They were so freaky. They were I freaky. Loved that movie yeah, though, was as a good kid. Movie. No, we were big fans of Ernest. I show yeah. my kids it still during Halloween because man, it's a yeah. good one. It's been a while. Since it was I've terrifying. Seen it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I thought for sure I was going to get turned into one of those yeah. wooden doll things. Oh, yeah. I always told my kids whenever they had to go downstairs to the basement to get something, I'm like, please say hi to the pale man in the corner. <laughs> 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 I love doing that. Oh, man. And then they would hesitate. They're like, there's a pale man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you told my kids that. He uh, Before Nate's family moved here to Lansing, Nate lived with us for like the summer. And uh, he stayed in one of our kids' rooms that, that time, and he told them that he would see... Well, in that room, <laughs> there the closet has a, a stairway that goes to the attic. We're not allowed oh. up there, that type of stuff. And he's listened. Yes. That's like a mystery box. I yeah, would do I that know. day one. I do not go <laughs> in the attic. There could be a body up there. Yeah, there, there, could, there might a act, pale there, man, yeah, according to Nate and my kids. <laughs> Yeah, we have a we have a pale man in our attic. And our kids they are have a constant mystery box. That's amazing. Yeah, it would be something up there. I want to know. Could be a secret. There could be a box of gold or Narnia. It, yeah. Oh, what if Narnia yeah. is up there? Wardrobe. It, yeah, Narnia's at your fingertips, yeah. and you don't even know this whole time. It okay. could be a superpower. I mean, you guys are talking me into it. Yeah, I might have to go check it. Can out you now. like? Is it easily accessible? Yeah, it's it's well kind of. It's like literally stairs inside of a closet and then there's this like board that like blocks the actual entrance like uh, into the the attic. Okay. So that yeah. intrigue your curiosity. It would. Ooh, that's freaky. Yeah. No, I was just <laughs> thinking we went and did a management retreat a little bit ago oh, and there yeah. was we found a random hole or land, random spot that went up into the rafters, but it was so tight and so small. Like I got my <laughs> yeah, head up in like there and then I was like, Oh, I don't know un- if I go up if I'm coming back down. Crow's nest, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a little bit too much for me to but I was intrigued enough to try. To so, so I was yeah. like, if it's a access point no, there, because I, I there's would, probably like bugs and <laughs> Like spats. Yeah, I don't want anyone. No one do that. that. What if you were wearing a hazmat? Dirty. If you wore a hazmat suit. Yeah. No, because then there's probably some crazy thing in the corner of the room. A pale man. A pale man, (laughs) and I peek, and that thing comes running at me. What was it? What would his name be? Pale. (laughs) What a pale. (laughs) Blanche. Pale. Last name man. That's what his driver's license says. (laughs) Pale man. Middle name? Nope. This pale man. That's great. That's good stuff. Well, wh- what a what a way to start. Yeah, that welcome was, to the, li- yeah. the yeah. pod. <laughs> Fantastic. 
fantastic. Uh, well, today, uh, as we were we were talking, we were brainstorming a little bit of what do we want to talk about today. Uh, we kind of were thinking we have one more episode left after today. And so we were thinking that maybe we would try to tackle some of the topics that we have not yet tackled that were submitted by you, the listeners. We had sent out a survey a little while ago um, to hear some of your feedback of what are some things that you'd like for us to talk about. And we've hit three or four of those, I think, over this season. And so we were thinking like, hey, maybe this is a good opportunity uh, before we finally put the bow on it and wrap the season up next week that we make sure we tackle some of those. So we're kind of ha- going to have a potpourri yeah, episode. yeah, yeah. Like so we'll see how this goes, and we might camp out on a topic longer than others. We might fly through some. We'll just see how we feel. We could recap. Yeah. We could talk about Kirk's OCD. Oh, oh, that was. <laughs> we could. I heard uh, a, a there's people, top moment. Yeah, I heard people are doing the same at night uh, for their cars, four and three. <laughs> we need like an OCD life group. Then. There you go. Just oh. people who can relate to each other. Yeah, and instead of yeah. grief groups, OCD groups. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> There we go. <laughs> That's great. That'd be fantastic. They turn on the lights seven times each person when yeah. they walk in. Yeah. yeah. Say, that'd we be great. They that. just feed off each other and just keep adding to the OCD list. Let yeah. Kirk know <laughs> he's not alone in his OCD. There we go. Yeah, absolutely. I think everybody has it to some extent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's probably way more common than we realize. Yeah. Fun stuff. Yeah. Good. Good. Good ideas. All right, are we ready to start off with our no. topics? No, yeah. you got more. More things about Pale Man and terrifying <laughs> your children. Yeah, <laughs> bringing trauma to your kids. I've learned I have not traumatized my child enough yet. Yeah, you got to flick the yeah. lights every once in a while yeah. and just say the word they're here, or the phrase they're here. Oh, I yeah. used to do that at the bike all the time. Mm-hmm. Loved that. How's Those your moments, kid? man, I treasure. How's your kid's therapy going? Uh, Back and forth. Yeah, you know? okay. No, <laughs> expensive. <laughs> they're on their own now. <laughs> it was pricey, but worth it. <laughs> Yeah, horrible fear against UFOs. Who would have thought? Mm. Huh, weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Anyway, here we go. Here is the first one that I think is a good topic for us to tackle. Uh, somebody submitted the question, which one of you on staff is the holiest? Mm. Easy. Mm-hmm. I mm. feel like it's a no-brainer. Okay. Yeah. You guys have quick-fire reactions. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, kinda, someone's mowing. If you can't hear, yeah, we got a mower. We yeah. got a mower. Which we appreciate drove. greatly. Oh, they're We the have best. a team of people that do an amazing job. Man, unbelievable. They yeah. do. Helps they my do. allergies. Yeah. Yeah. That'll help. If you're interested in mowing, email hello at we are Email us at <laughs> mowing our lawn at we are not. <laughs> you can even wear a tank top. You can. <laughs> yeah. Tank tops are allowed. Yeah, for sure. they are. Yep. So okay. if you're a mower. So, that's in the background. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you guys had quick reactions. Yeah. Okay. It's a no-brainer. It's Amy. Mm. Okay. <laughs> I was thinking it was me, but, I mean, whatever. Yeah. Wow. Okay. You guys voted yourself. I said Amy. I, <laughs> man, I didn't even think about this. Uh-oh. You know? Raw answer here. I am going to go Seriously? with. <laughs> no. Wow. You're, like, really thinking about it. I'm trying. I'm going to say Courtney as well. Mm, yeah. There's two votes. Sorry. Courtney. Yeah. Yeah, you win. All right. Fantastic. <laughs> this is why you vote for yourself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Poor Amy. Who's I mean, it's holiest like, on who's staff? Who's the holiest? I really thought Amy would be. How do you classify it? Because uh, everybody likes her. Yeah. Mm. 
There's no. n- she doesn't hmm. have conflict with anybody. <laughs> That's true. So people don't yeah. like me? No, she's a peacemaker. <laughs> you have tons of <laughs> yes, conflict. all the time. Yeah. But <laughs> how you handle the conflict is why you're the holiest. Oh, there, there you, you go. go. Yeah. yeah. So expound. Well, I think when... <laughs> I think when you are as holy as Courtney is, <laughs> that really ruffles feathers because people like compare themselves to her and stuff. And so they approach her, you know, how can you be so holy? And she just handles it really well. So nice. this got so cringy and awkward for me all of a sudden. <laughs> that was totally a joke. So, no, you got you wow. to say why you're the holiest then. Uh, We're all going around giving reasons. Probably because I've been Wesley in the shortest amount of time of anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> this whole holiness go. movement is new to me. <laughs> you were a missionary, right? Uh, Christian Missionary Alliance is what I was raised. Yeah. Oh, Google nice. that. Yeah. I don't know if it's still a denomination even. I'm sure it is somewhere. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, in Canada, they had a decent presence. I'm aware of that. Does your home is, church so still exist? So they must exist? be nice. The no. church you grew up in? No. Oh, really? They shut down when I was in college. Oh. Yeah. Did they leave some type of like legacy, like you know they gave gave their building to a new church, any type of yeah, legacy? Yeah, some thing other like church uh, got it. Ooh, Assembly of God, maybe I can't remember, but yeah, the church is still there. Um, okay. Yeah, like I've told you guys before, it wasn't a big church, but right. by the time I think I was in college, they were down to like twenty five ish people. Like yeah. it was tiny. So, yeah. Are you sure you don't want to attract your holiness vote? Oh, based off of my church? Because <laughs> my church closed, that's my fault. <laughs> Makes Usually sense. churches are unstoppable. Mm. <laughs> Just kidding. Well, see, but I left it because I was at college. I was away. Sure, so therefore, oh, how could it, how could it keep going? The favor more left. Points, yeah. Also, <laughs> most arrogant person on staff. You could vote for Courtney as well. <laughs> that's the next question someone submitted. <laughs> Again, we like to have fun. Yes, all in fun. <laughs> well, to be honest, this season we have not done any brain breaks. No, we have not. We we've heard complaints about brain breaks. Have we? I did. Oh, yeah. I didn't hear any complaints. Mm-hmm. But you know, I heard from do, one person yeah. complaints about brain breaks. Too sharp of a Kirk. turn. <laughs> I'm calling people out. I'm calling him out. He doesn't listen anyway. <laughs> but yeah, so this is kind of that. You know, a look back in a way. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Check that off the list. Check that. Answered. Boom, done. done. Easy. Easy answer. <laughs> crystal clear. Uh, kind of in that theme, though, this is a more serious question. Uh, it's not so much a question. It was a statement that was submitted. But it said, what, what do they want us to talk about? Holiness, being set apart, being in the world, but not of the world. Yeah. So that's coming from Paul of being in the world, but not of the world. What does that look like? How does holiness play into that as we as Christians are called to be holy, but also be in the world and rub shoulders with people and how do we do that yeah it's a big question it is yeah 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 and especially when i think we're a holiness denomination the wesleyan church whether you're a part of that or not uh that's kind of where we're, we come from and so there's a huge bent uh i'm just pausing for the mower i don't know if they're gonna pick this up so we couldn't be talking about a mower <laughs> people have no clue what we're talking about either we did check one time we tested mics and yeah, it wasn't very loud. Mm. So yeah, but we like w- authenticity. So yes. we're rolling, yes, with, we're rolling yes. with it. There's mowers and I have ADHD. So I'm I thinking, Oh, he's wearing a too. Carhartt and I'm just like going into the moment <laughs> trying to think of holiness. No, but holiness is a huge emphasis in our denomination mm-hmm. and it has been for a long time with that emphasis. That's brought a lot of damage, unfortunately, 
because holiness is such a supernatural thing and it's such a reliance on God. It's such a dependency, even on the actual definition of what that looks like, God's work, you know? And so it's really hard, I feel like, for us to really define it and to map it out completely. And that's been a problem throughout ages, you know, like throughout history. So it's really hard. We have four different views or five different views um, that you can look at sp- primarily that have like nuances, even in those views that we talk about through sanctification and holiness. So like it's a huge, huge topic. But on top of that, I don't think we've done a really good job of understanding because it's very right. complex. Yeah. Right. It's a huge, com- like a complex uh, philosophical um, discussion every time you bring it up. And so from my understanding, it was more about rules growing up, holiness, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what it really came. And we've talked a lot about legalism this season, which is good. I think it's a good place to actually talk through. But with holiness, I feel like that's been the major uh, conflict. It's always bumped up. How does it, how do you, how do you become holy, set apart without being legalistically paralyzed? Yeah. You know, yep. that's, that's, I think the hard part there. Yeah, I think this is a an ancient question. Like people have been wrestling with this for centuries, thousands of years, and that's why we're still talking about it. Uh, they talked about it in the Bible. There is obviously a clear invitation from Jesus, from other authors, inviting people to be set apart, inviting people to pursue holiness, uh, be perfect as I am perfect. Um, and, and so the invitation is clearly there that there's this I don't know if expectation is the right word, but there, there's that, there's that invitation. Be this way, but I think us figuring that out isn't necessarily the point. I think the point is even within the invitation to pursue perfectionism as Jesus was perfect, perfect to be like Jesus. I think even that points to how flawed we are. Like it's another one of those, like we have these laws, not for us to abide by every single 613 laws of the Old Testament, but rather it alludes to the fact that we're broken and in need of a savior. And I think this invitation to be perfect is just even a continuation of that, that that we are called to be like Jesus, yet we know we're still human. We will always fall short of the glory of God, but he still has that invitation. He still loves us. He still believes in us. He uh, is the one who still empowers us to be set apart. Um, So I think that's one half of it. I think the other half is that's how God just views us, period, as set apart. We are adopted. We're heirs. He's already chosen us to be in his family. Mm -hmm. And so we are already set apart just by being in his family by being adopted. So I don't know. I feel like there's two parts to that. One, a, in uh, alluding to we're broken, we need a savior. That's that invitation of being perfect, but also God views us this way already. He sees Jesus when he looks at us. Yeah. And I think the best thing, well, when it comes into it, when you're at, when you start to have this discussion with people, <clears throat> what you typically hear are more like illustrations of what we think it's like. Here's a uh, metaphor, um, like I've heard uh, spotlights where God can only you can only take so much of God showing you your evilness or like what 
weakness of the areas you got to work through. And so the spotlight will tend to uh, expand out. Or I've also heard like a house analogy, cleaning up the house and going from room to room to room, kind of like that's holiness in a metaphor or an illustrative type of way. Like cleaning the house. Yeah, room like room. slowly yeah. at mm-hmm. your own uh, effort. And it's more like along the lines of sanctification, which is how you're getting whole, like becoming holy. But it's also like... I think it's Exodus. I think the best thing is actually when we go back to the Old Testament, we had a people of God that demanded a leader. And that's where everything went wrong. Mm -hmm. Even in our uh, relationship with God, we demanded a leader that was outside of God. And God's like, I'm your leader. I just want to be your leader. Allow me to lead you. And we couldn't. We we demanded a leader. And I feel like that's kind of our brokenness, if you will, in the subject of holiness. It's like... Yeah, we still demand something outside of God. You know, that's the hard part with holiness. And yeah. I feel like that's the best image in which kind of our struggle, um, it's a struggle more than, <laughs> you know, and I, and I love the view like Jesus looks, because of Jesus, the way God looks at us is holy. Absolutely, set apart. Like that's changed everything from the Old Testament. But it's kind of like an ongoing struggle and it always has been. Yeah. yeah. Do you have thoughts on this, Courtney? No thoughts. Uh, <laughs> no, I actually had it had to do i got to do a sermon uh on this maybe three months no it was before acts it's been a while wow it felt shorter than that a while ago uh but it was on holiness and grace and uh as i said earlier i actually am newer to the wesleyan denomination as a whole so i was not raised in the holiness uh thought process so much like i remember being taught young that holiness was set apart um that it was perfectionism but it was in that way of with my legalistic background of like you must achieve perfection and it was just that like how how do you ever get there um but it was I wasn't like through all this holiness it wasn't in everything that I talked about or my church or anything like that it was kind of like here or there mentioned but not a thing Mm -hmm. uh so even prepping for that sermon was tough for me because I was like diving into what is this holiness thing and what Nate was just sharing of as our church is a holiness movement church um so what does that look like and all of that but there as I was doing some studies I actually went back to my notes um and I had looked up some stuff from Dallas Willard uh and he actually said I I liked this he said there's two enemies against holiness perfectionism and legalism wow and I was like that is I love that so like yes holiness is to be set apart to be holy is to be set apart and there is like to be perfect like Jesus but we know we never can aside from him and his righteousness, right? Like once we accept him, we have his righteousness, so it's different. But anyway, if we strive for perfectionism, if we, we will never get there and that will defeat us. And so that is something against holiness. And then legalism, as we've talked about a ton, uh, how much that gets in the way, the rules and the regulations and everything. So I don't know, I just thought that was a good point. So what do you guys think about the being, uh, in the world, but not of the world. How how is that interpreted for today's culture? What do you guys think? Oh man, that, that verse has been used so many times to justify bad things. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't like, I feel like I have such a negative feeling towards the, that verse because it's been used so many times for anything we want on an agenda side of things. Like, um, man, that drives me crazy. It's like, Anything that's happening in the world, it feels like because of that verse, we have to be adamantly against it. 
And I don't feel like that's the case at all. Right. Um, I, I don't. I think it's more about our sin nature than about the actual cosmic world. You know, I think there's a big difference. I think of the world and that there's so many contextual things you would have to unpack in that interpretation. And I think it, what it really comes down to is our heart. Where is our heart in the matter? Is our heart really in this world or is our heart really in the kingdom of God? That's, I feel like, the differentiating part. It's more about worship, you yeah. know? I don't know. That's good. Yeah, it's that that I've had so many, because it's not because of, like, bad thoughts of it. It's more how people used it in an attacking yeah. way and saying you, yeah. you can't do it, you can't touch the world. You have to boycott everything, and boycotting is not a good thing. It's not an answer to anything. Right. It just makes you feel like you're on a pedestal, you know? <laughs> well, even though that's not a law, people turn it into legalism, that one state. Absolutely. And it's like, well, that that's not the point. It's quite literally not a law. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I agree. It, it gets uh, used in sometimes abusive ways, mm-hmm. um, in, in ways that really hold people down when, yeah, that's not exactly what it's alluding to. It's not a law. Um, not that it's a su- just a suggestion, but it's more of like this, I don't know, philosophical idea. Like, how do you even... 100% label something that is in or of the world. Like, how do you categorize that exactly? Well, even if we begin to categorize it, you're immediately jumping into legalism mm-hmm. of what's right and what's mm-hmm. wrong, put, mm-hmm. putting things in a list. And so, yeah, like you were saying, it's like that heart issue. Where's your heart? Is your heart in the kingdom of God on this topic, on this situation you find yourself in and on your hobbies and interests, or is your heart in the world? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah, I think if, if our heart it. is in the kingdom of God, we should have permission to look at anything in the sense that as long as it's good, you know, yes. like I'm not saying just look at anything and everything, but I'm saying we should be able to be a part of anything and everything um, from a love point of view, from like a foundation of God is in control. God's the one who's leading all of this. And it's like if we're in the kingdom of God, therefore everything is God. Yeah. You know, but we have to look for is more like the lies of the world. Yeah. More of the philosophy of this world. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a lot happening in that even yeah. today. Yeah. So instead of hiding from Harry Potter movies yes. <laughs> as Christians, because that's, uh, you know, of the world, rather we can look at a Harry Potter movie, like you're saying, look at things, like watch a Harry Potter movie and say, actually, I see Jesus in this Absolutely. because of my worldview, and yeah. I can yeah. still enjoy it as art and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I look at it too, I'm with you 100%, Nate, of like that verse, it makes me cringe in some ways just because of my background and how it's been used mm-hmm. and abused. Um, but like I think of even the Harry Potter example, like, yeah, you can, through your worldview and your heart and how you see things. But then also too, I think of our world is reached so much by relationships, right? Like that's how, where it's at. So like I think of my world as teens and youth. So if they tell me they've watched Harry Potter and I'm like, oh, no, you can't watch that. What's that communicating to them? You know, like, oh, no, no, like guilt, shame, whatever. Instead, I go watch it, and now I can sit and have a conversation with them. And right there is a connection point that I might not have. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's pieces of that, too. Um, you know, one of the verses that I, I don't know if I was going to say that I combat that verse with, when it's used poorly, when it's used out of context or whatever, uh, is another Paul part of I become all, all things to all men. So I might save some. Like, what do you do with that then if you're saying that you have to be completely separate from the world altogether? Because, yeah. Paul, I think it was a heart issue back to yeah. that of, yeah, yeah like mm-hmm. you engage engage the world, still have Jesus and show people who he is, but yeah. don't go hide. Anybody read the book Roaring Lambs? 
No. No. Briner, I think it's the one who wrote it. It was several years ago. It was one of the first books that came out um, that really addressed boycott, like how, how boycotting really is a flawed system. It doesn't help uh, like our witness, if you will. It doesn't help like our influence in the world when we boycott stuff. Um, because we think we're hurting them with money, but really what we're doing is we're like forcing people to look at how good we are. It puts us on a pedestal. There's so many different ways to engage businesses. If we truly disagree with a business, so be it. You can protest. You can do all kinds of active things, but to boycott something really doesn't hurt the business. It doesn't really like go after the business and do the things we're doing or for like in a way of saying, here's why. It's more like saying, I am too good for that. Therefore, look at us as we will not ever partake in that because of how good we are. Yeah. You know, and that's not really sp- um, spreading the message of love in the yeah. world. It's not yeah. being, I don't know, a, a loving person that's active with people. You know, yeah. <laughs> like it's totally different. You're isolating, you know. Yeah. And just to go back to something you said a while ago, Nate, we're in no way are we saying like all things are permissible because of this. Like no. do whatever. But like. Right. It's like you said, if it's good for your soul, if you can find the good in it, if you mm-hmm. can use it for good, like those are reasons to to go after things that some might label, you know, are of this world, uh, that type stuff. Yeah, like mm-hmm. Harry Potter and stuff. Well, look at Paul. Paul said, live at peace with everybody. Mm. I think that's a huge counter to what we're saying, not being of the world. Yeah. Well, if we have peace energy, if you will, if we're really content and we actually have peace in our life, whatever we do in this world is going to speak peace Mm. because we have peace. You know, like Mm. if we have joy, same thing. It's like the fruit of the spirits. If we actually are living it and it's in our life, whatever we do, whatever we create, it's going to speak that. You know, and we yeah. don't have, I love like C.S. Lewis and Tolkien used to get together in a pub and they would have this challenge on who could write the story of the gospel without saying Jesus. Yeah. Like that was kind of mm-hmm. like their thing. They would go back and forth with, and that's why you see Lord of the Rings and you see um, Narnia being such good stories because it's the gospel on display, but it doesn't say it. It's the right. gospel. It's not yeah. quoting the, you know, the actual scripture. And I feel like even Harry Potter celebrated Christmas. You know, yeah. every season had, or every book had a celebration of Christmas. There was rhythms in that that had so many different things that weren't just about anti-church or God in any way. Right. You right. know, it's a story. Mm-hmm. And at the core, we're beings that are very much made up of stories, you know? Yeah. And Absolutely. so, like, I don't know. Like, there's so many different ways of looking at it. And I felt like this verse created such a narrow view and a narrow action point for the church. And that is, don't do anything of the world. And then you're constantly scrutinizing what is of the world and what do I need to stop doing? And it's like, how is that helping people? Yeah, It's more perfectionism, mm-hmm. you know? I don't know. I, I Maybe it's more of a soapbox for me. But, like, I've seen this so many times paralyze people. And that's the part where I don't like. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like coming home from a Christian concert and breaking all your Will Smith CDs. <laughs> like, I am not of this world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Big Willie style yeah. in the trash. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was that. Sorry to my brother. Uh, I was that girl <laughs> who found my brother's CD stash in his car and went and ratted him out to my parents <laughs> <laughs> because he had non-Christian CDs and the oh. whole like Trapper Keeper style, the giant Heathen. one. Oh, so yeah. So I, I got him back on the right track. 
Nope. Yeah. Sorry, Blake. Uh, Yeah, he does. He still probably holds it against me a little bit. Uh, (laughs) But it was that. I mean, it was kind of that thing. Like, oh, no, that's that's worldly. Ah, how dare you? I better go tell mom and dad. Ooh. Makes me cringe now. Yeah. But there you go. Confessions with Courtney. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We good? We figured that topic all out? Yeah, I think we nailed it. I think so. Yeah, no more questions. Yeah, no room for more questions. All right. Uh, shifting gears a little bit, uh, we had a submission on life groups. Uh, wanting us to talk a little bit about what is the value of life groups. We talk about it quite a bit from stage. We've talked about it in the podcast this season several times. Um, so I guess the the statement here was, what's the value of peer support? How do you get involved? What does healthy participation look like? And what are some potential red flags? Um, but that's just kind of, so I guess maybe to kick us off, like what is our experience with life groups? What have you guys had with life groups, uh, maybe from growing up or even now or whatever that looks like. And then we can dive into the importance of them and all that. Yeah. Um, I think the very first life group I was a part of was in college, uh, just a group of guys on my floor. And that was so great. Uh, I mean, it was both life giving and fun. I mean, I'm still in contact with a lot of those guys and man, it was just awesome. So that was like my first taste. And then I've been in a million after that. I did one with Nate in Sturgis years ago. Um, yeah. And then, so currently I'm in two, I lead one with like a group of just peers, some of my friends here at the church. And, uh, we've been in that life group for, oh man, three plus years, if not four, it was before mm-hmm. COVID, like long before COVID even. Uh, and we've just been trucking along, reading books, reading scripture, just talking about life. And so that's been awesome. And then I'm in a second life group uh, that I lead with young adults. Uh, a lot of them are former students of mine when I was a youth pastor here at Faith. And uh, yeah, that one's just awesome too. Um, Do you play games? Do you come up with games like youth group? Oh, no, yeah. That'd be no. so awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a bad idea. Play dodgeball. As much as I, I love uh, the one with my friends, just because, I mean, again, like we're just friends. So like that one's so meaningful to me. But there's something very special about like returning to a group with former students who are now all young adults and figuring life out. And some are in college, some are in careers, some are in like, wild careers I didn't even think they would be in and they're killing it. I mean, it's just beautiful. So like that one's just so extra special to me right now. Um, but man, I tell you what, in watching the young adults group, uh, that peer support Mm. is wild. Mm -hmm. It is so cool. A lot of these students kind of lost connection over the years after graduating and whatnot. And so seeing them like come back and reminisce and, and pick up right where they left off in youth group. And yeah, so like, I, especially that young adult age, but at every age, it's, it's so vital to have that, that support in your life. Yeah. Life groups have been a part of my life. Uh, I think the first one I was, I was a part of was with a youth pastor. Um, well, it might've been in youth group too. I think we had breakout like small groups in, in youth group. I don't remember those as much. I, I, the significant one that I remember is with my, um, I had a youth pastor at the time that went to, Argus, Indiana, to start a church. Well, it wasn't a church plant. It was like kind of a, 
it was his home church, and they were down to like ready to close the doors. And his dad was the treasurer. <laughs> he was a businessman in the area. So he's like, hey, if you want to come down and try to save this church, great. And so he did. And not many people could go back to their hometown, to their home church, and start like redoing. So I went down with him, and we did this thing, Bible study, where we did 30 chapters a week. Um, and I don't know why it was 30 chapters. It was based on a book, I think. But the 30 chapters, I thought, weird. Why would you have to do 30 chapters? It's, it's a lot of reading. It's five chapters a day is what you would focus on. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. It was just a number. you know. So it's n- nothing big about it. But regardless, when we'd get together it would be like a four hour discussion. Hmm. Like so many people had so much to say and it was just kind of coming out of the overflow of what they just read. You know, it was really neat. So I brought that back and started it with guys. And that was, that was incredible. I, I think when I was in that, in that time frame, I look back and I was thinking, I was praying desperately to see what the church was really going to be. Like I was really interested in saying, what could the church be? And God gave me this insight to see, Hey, you have a small group. Whatever's happening there is going to be the church. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, that is the church. Mm-hmm. And so I remember after the meetings, I would just journal because I was like, there's so many ideas that were just coming together. Like what church could actually be like? And it's all like, it just all came out of life group because I loved it. I loved what would happen in there. I loved what, what would uh, take place. But the I think the most memorable life group that I had was um, when I was at Heritage, I started leading a group called Soul Care. And it was based on people that just had bad experiences with the church. And um, we talk about it. And so we got together, there was three people from staff and then there was two people that were from the congregation and we would meet uh, once a week and all of a sudden we started sharing our stories and I found out everybody in that group had been fired from a church. No idea, like no idea. Like God brought that group together and all of a sudden there was meaning and we we had space where we could actually process. I had never been fired, but everybody in the group had been (laughs) fired and we're talking about soul care. So I was like, great. So we, we went through and it was, it was such a life giving time for me. And it was like the thing that saved me. Then it was a rough time at heritage. And, uh, during that time I had an anchor point that I never expected. And that anchor point was a life group. So it, it has meant the world to me, honestly. That's very, very cool. Yeah, my experience with life groups have been all over the place, to be yeah. completely honest. Um, and maybe we can get that in a little more. Uh, but I was, when I was at my last church, so they pushed life groups pretty hard. That was the first time that I'd had that. So maybe 10-ish years ago, 15 now, um, that was kind of a like push of, oh, life groups. I was not raised in a life group type situation. Um, and so we kind of got plugged into a group. And there were some people that we connected with really, really well, uh, my husband and I. And then there was other people that was not so great. We actually had like a blow up in the middle of a life group that was Tell really us interesting. More. I know, right? <laughs> no. um, Good detail. Yeah, yeah. So it's gotta uh, be juicy. It was a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> blow up. <laughs> Grab me at another time. I'll tell you the story. Uh, <laughs> so, but like I do remember. Uh, just the connection that we had with some, like I said, some of the people that were in that group was kind of like, oh, this is fun, you know, and we would start hanging out outside of like the formal quote unquote life group time. And that's where like John and I started to connect into the church more was through that. Um, And then we shifted into a different group shortly after the blow up. Uh, And that group lasted, a form of that group lasted almost 10 years, Um, was just couples. And it shifted from like, three couples to eventually like I think it was like 10 couples plus kids I mean it was this thing was huge um and so but somewhere in the middle of there there was a time where it was like four couples 
And that was probably for me, like the best experience that I had, the sweet spot with life groups. Yeah. Um, it was that great mix of like doing Bible studies and different things with each other, but then also we loved hanging out. Um, and just going and doing things. We'd walk to the taco truck here in Lansing or we'd go do whatever, you know, just different things that was like, oh, like I can actually enjoy this. It didn't feel like it was an obligation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was for me the point, like I get this, like I really can see this. So currently life group wise, I've tried two, three life groups and none of them have panned out yet. So <laughs> I'm starting to think it's a me thing. Uh, <laughs> There's a common denominator. So yeah. <laughs> well, well, that person who submitted the the life group uh, topic they mentioned even potential red flags mm-hmm. and not that any life group leaders wrong or bad at, like it's, it's like Courtney, that. the red flag it's Courtney. Is that what you're if saying? you want if to blow up a life group one i will join <laughs> but no it's like you got to find the one that works for you it's like yeah. almost finding the right therapist in a way like it's not that that therapist is bad like no it's just like man we all connect in different ways to different types of people too yeah um so yeah finding the right one for you uh is so key Finding the right structure. If you're looking for one where you can sit and just take notes like a class, like Mm -hmm. finding that type of life group. If you want more where you get to discuss a lot, finding that one. If you want a book study or a Bible, like you got to find a life group that works for you. I'm not talking to you, Courtney, but like. I think you are. He is staring intently at me. And I will help you find it. uh, (laughs) They also mentioned how to get involved. Yeah. How do they get involved? A uh, good question. I have no idea. Yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so <laughs> only we had out. somebody. <laughs> no, I think uh, before I say involvement, well, it, it's really easy to get involved. Is just um, uh, email us hello at wearefaithchurch.com or I'd said that right, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Every once in a while, I throw in an extra word there, but um, you can email us. You can uh, our connection card. You can sign up online. Like all kinds of stuff. There's multiple ways to get involved. Just let us know, um, and we'll get you. Um, the the red flags, though, I think is the bigger situation because I think we've all have experienced what you've experienced, <laughs> too. Yeah. Like when you're a part of a bad life group, it sucks the life out of you. you know? It does. It's not fun at all. <laughs> it really does. Yeah. That's like by the end even of like my last like big life group, it became a thing where my husband and I were leading it and we were exhausted every mm. single It became this thing where we were like, oh, crap, we have life group tonight. And I was like, this is a problem. Mm. Like this is not like bringing growth and enjoyment and like it became this completely obligatory thing for us. Mm -hmm. Um, And so in all honesty, like we were dead tired coming to faith church. Uh, The even idea of a life group was just that it's that taste was still in our mouth of like, Oh yeah. Um, And and it wasn't necessarily one person's fault or anything. It was just this whole, how the group played out, you know, whatever. It just wasn't the right mix. It wasn't the right thing. I think everybody had different ideas of what they wanted for a life group Mm -hmm. instead of being, on the same page yeah. and that was a trouble for a recipe for some trouble there um so so yeah i mean it is it's uh it, it i think the big thing what evan was saying too of having uh that space too to say hey this isn't quite the fit for me and then the people in the group being like and that's okay yeah. like supporting that because i've seen that in life groups too where somebody says like this might not be the right fit and then somebody else in the group's all hurt and angry that they feel like they have to leave or that they don't feel fit. And so it becomes this weird dynamic too. So it's creating that space for each other um, and just saying, hey, that's okay. We all are different. And if you want to do something else, go do that. Yeah. Yeah, And I think red flags would be any, if if you go to a life group and uh, there's a dominant person, 
dominance yeah. is not a, it's not the place for a life group it's not life groups aren't meant for um there to be one person that's smarter than everybody else or better than everybody else and they have to lead it it's not about that it's more of a facilitating we facilitate life groups you know we provide space we provide um an openness for the conversation so that people can actually bring their struggles and a lot of times i think that's the hardest time or hardest point uh with a life group is it takes time to get comfortable with people mm-hmm. it takes time to not only just get comfortable but it takes time to kind of go through the um the jokes the um sarcasm the whatever you need to to kind of get to the point where like oh here's the heart of it and you have to get to know people you have to spend time with people and that takes time so life groups do not happen right away in the sense like if you're just joining one right off the bat and you expect it to be this amazing experience it can happen trust me but like it may not happen right off the bat and so i want to encourage people if they've tried this if they've gone through it i think red flags is um, not uh, sticking with it, <laughs> you know, yeah. like if you give up and you're not going to ever like try it again, that's not going to work, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, but the red flags, we try our best to do some training. We have some amazing life group leaders that have led life groups for years here, very independent on that side of things. Uh, they're just incredible leaders. And so we will find a life group for you. And we really try to work hard at making sure this isn't a class. It's not yeah. like you're coming to a lecture, so there's one person talking the entire time. It's it's actually community, and that's mm-hmm. what we really want, you know. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's never going to be perfect, though, unfortunately. Right. Um, but I think it's worth it still in the end. By by all means, it is so, so worth it. And if you can't find one that works for your schedule or even who you're connecting with, create one. Yeah. We'll help you create right. one. We'll help you find other friends who will yes. fit into your group. Like, yeah. Yeah. All about creating new ones. We had several start this year, and two or three, I think, did not go well. Just to be honest, like every year, that's going to happen probably, and and it just was. It didn't. It they didn't. Um, it was nothing wrong that happened. It's just the chemistry, the timing. It just didn't happen. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and so that happens. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, we're human. Yeah, Yeah. I was going to say even like for my own story of like I'm not currently in one. I've tried twice since being here, and neither have panned out. Just for what the reasons you just said, Nate. Yeah. Um, but. I still fully believe in life groups. Like I think that is where growth happens and that's where community happens. And so like I'm already talking with one of the people that attempted to start a life group and we're already brainstorming of, okay, so let's try again. And how can we do this different? What does that look like? Where can we go from here? You know? Um, so, cause I do very much believe in them. And so it'd be the same thing for me too, of like encouraging people don't give up. If you have a bad experience, if you have a, like a red flag situation or whatever, that's okay. Move on. Like how else can you find a group and get engaged? And I think so important. One shout out too is Ashley's group, Ashley Berger. Uh, they started this, it was this year, last year, um, with the Enneagram. There are a lot of new people in it yeah. and uh, they got to learn kind of more about who they are and how they operate as a, as a group even and then individually. And it really helped set the tone for the entire year for the group. And I was mm-hmm. like, that's awesome. So like even those things, thinking outside the box, here's something, the Enneagram, a personality test, spiritual formation t- uh, uh, plan of action. It's like you can use that even for an icebreaker, if you will, yeah, you know, to kind of get things going and understand yourself a little bit better. Mm-hmm. That's a great, that's a great idea. idea. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. We good on life groups? I think we yeah. answered everything. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. All right, uh, next topic. Uh, how about tithing? I don't so do it. Don't do it. All right. <laughs> Give us your money. <laughs> money, money, money. Uh, tithing, supporting ministries, uh, volunteering time or talent, how missions are funded, youth ministries. Why does it matter? But with 
uh, sensitivity also of people that might not be able to give. Sometimes in the church, yeah. there's this pressure of give, 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 give. Um, so how does tithing and the importance of it matter, but then also being aware of people's economic situations? I think Evan has a lot to say on this because I was at DeWitt. When I was a DeWitt campus pastor, I had a couple come up to me and they said, we started tithing because of Evan's sermon oh. on tithing. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, blown. I was like, that's amazing. That's awesome. Great. But you really like, I well, know, you know, I really, them. really pulled the uh, guilt and shame <laughs> levers that day. Letting them know I'm either losing my job or you're tithing. So the first time in their life, uh, just to preface, I remember you're they, still here. First time ever they tithe because they went to a sermon that you spoke on tithing. Yeah, I remember having that conversation with them. They shared that with me. I do not remember that sermon. <laughs> Blacked out one single point. Blacked yeah, that out. I was an autopilot that day. But no, I mean it, it is. Um, I, I think the Bible. It, 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 we're just being, yeah. I think the Bible is uh, pretty clear on tithing a tenth of your income, your wealth, your resources, whatever you want to exactly uh, label it as. I think the Bible is pretty clear on that going to the storehouse, that going to the church um, to help reach the world, to help fund the cause of the church. But Jesus was very clear that this is more of a heart issue than a financial issue. Um, if you're not giving with a joyous heart, don't give. Like that, that's countercultural. That's counter legalism. You know what I mean? Like that, that's one of Jesus's mind tricks that he, he did there. Um, and so, yeah, I think the sensitivity there is it takes faith to tithe. It's not supposed to be just this incredibly easy, like, hey, nothing to give away 10%. That's a big ask. That takes faith to, to do. Um, and, and yeah, so, but it's a heart issue. And I think God understands the heart within tithing, but definitely wants to challenge us, push us, help us grow, lean more into faith. Um, but it is a hot topic. Mm-hmm. Churches, church, churches abuse this too, around oh, yeah. the prosperity gospel, mm-hmm. around... I need an, a third private jet to get mm-hmm. where I'm going. I mean, it is wild what what some churches do with finances. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so it definitely is a sensitive thing. Yeah. No, I, I think tithing is core to kind of our, our spiritual development. Mm-hmm. I, I really do. I think that's why the Bible has talked so much about money. It's directly con- connected to our heart. Yeah. And, yeah, he already said it. So, yep. like, I, I totally agree. I, I was fortunate. I had people in my life, in my family that would tell me stories about how they tied through this and great thing, even as a kid. So like mm. I, I was brought into this place of, oh, that's just what you do. Yeah. Um, it was kind of core to who, I don't know. I, it just, it, I know that's not the norm. So I'm not saying that, but, uh, um, I, I just saw this great picture of really what tithing could do. And I'm like, oh, but it's not been easy because there are times yeah. where, like, I definitely don't want to tithe on occasion. You know, yeah. there's oh, seasons. It's like, 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 come on. This money <laughs> when I see a new pair of shoes, I'm like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Even as a pastor, it's it's tense as a pastor because we we rely on tithes. We do. Yeah. But we also have to participate in tithing, yeah. too. Yeah. Um, and so that's always been a weird tension. But yeah. one that I have definitely, f- I, I don't know, every time we've tithed, our bills have been paid. 
Mm-hmm. That's the cool thing. It's not like I go without debt. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like I've always had money to pay the bills mm-hmm. in the tithing seasons. And there's been seasons where we had nothing, you know. Yeah. And I can remember us arguing, like Beck and I arguing over our tithe. Yeah. And this was way, way, way back when we were first married. And that was not easy conversations right. at all, you know. Right. It's like, yeah, it, we had different perspectives. And mm-hmm. so... It can and money can cause a lot of problems in marriages, all kinds of things. So like it's not an easy thing. And I think this is really directly connected to our heart. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. I've heard a couple of sermons along the years on tithing and different things. I think I even did one here as well. Uh like yeah. my second sermon ever in my life. Thanks, Kirk. Uh, <laughs> Kirk does that. Yeah. Super cool. <laughs> as a result of that, I started tithing here. Uh <laughs> that was a whole other story. I had yeah. Uh auto pay. <laughs> just <laughs> forgot I didn't set that up. Uh anyway, uh yeah, just even the ten percent thing, I've heard that challenged a little bit, just in that that's an old testament. Uh, concept mm-hmm. it's a great guideline like mm-hmm. absolutely because it is in the bible for sure but jesus himself does not give like a percentage because it is all about the heart and i think about uh the story with is it the widow's might is that the right one anyway where she comes to the like we, they're standing out and jesus and his disciples are standing outside the tab temple she gives from all and she, she yeah. he like a somebody gives a bunch mm-hmm. and he's like eh and then a lady comes, a widow comes and gives just a tiny bit. And he's like, that is worth more than what the man ahead of her just gave. Yeah. And, uh, but again, it's that heart thing that she gave what she was able to at that time. Yeah. Um, and for me too, like I felt freedom in that. Like once I understood that story, when Jesus was kind of in of like, it's about the heart and it's about what you can give at that time. And I do think there's times where it might fluctuate. Like what you can give might be, 10%, it might be more than 10%, it might be less than 10% based on certain times in life, but it is about the heart and where are you at and understanding that it's not yours, it's the money is God's and you're giving it back. Um, so. And I want to preface too, I, I said something that I just caught my attention. Okay. I was listening, Courtney, just so you know. Uh-huh. But uh, Good story. I think I said my bills were paid. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure I'm not prosperity gospeling that, you know? <laughs> like I... Yeah, I don't I don't want to guarantee anybody that if you if you, you know, tithe, everything is going to be perfect by any means. But it is the one interesting area that you are able to test God in. Mm -hmm. Like he welcomes a test. He does. It's interesting that, you know, it's like back. I'll back it up. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it means you're going to get a third jet. (laughs) You know, I don't think that's that's the I think it's like there's this overwhelming feeling that you're taken care of. Yeah. You know, there's a place you can go. And like that's. That's what I felt like more or less reassurance around, not monetary gain. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not like you were comfortable during those, (laughs) those seasons, but yeah, it's like, especially, you know, you look back decades, like you just see like, oh, God was faithful through all of that, um, through those hard financial times for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I love how faith church handles finances here that like, None of the staff, like we don't count the money. We don't, mm-hmm. we don't know who gives, who doesn't, how much, like we don't know. Like that's all handled by volunteers here at the church who are background checked. And um, yeah, it's really great how we handle that. Yeah. I'm appreci- appreciative of it. Yeah. We even give money to kissing things. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. That's a thing here. Kissing animals. And I'm, I'm voting for Ashley. If you guys ever want to oh, like yeah. see a great reaction, like Ashley would probably be the best, right? By far. Yeah. By far. <laughs> Evan's also a big fan of that vote. He loves I'm old it. news. I'm yeah. old news. I think I got a buck in my <laughs> jar, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> so good.
right. I think we covered it, though. Did we cover that? Yeah. yeah. I think if we didn't cover things, people should reach out. Absolutely. If, yeah. if any of these topics were yours and you're like, actually, I want more on this, man, let us Please. Know. Yeah. Please do. Yeah. All right. I think I got one more for us here. One more. Uh, and I think this could be a fun one. What are some of your favorite things about Faith Church or coolest moments and memories of growth or God working? Mm. At Faith Church? That's what it says. Mm. At Faith Church. Favorite things about Faith Church and the coolest moments and memories of growth or God working? <sighs> you know, the the list is short. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just kidding. I've been here for nine and a half years. This is the one and only full-time ministry job I've ever held. Um, and yeah, I don't mean to cheese it up, but it's just been an honor. I love this place. I love our staff. I love the people of Faith Church and all of their um, ups and downs, all of the good and bad things, all the yeah flaws and all. I really do love this community. Um, man, moments of growth. Like I remember one summer we had a temporary worship leader, and I'm not trying to be rude or anything, but let's like the the person didn't have the best voice, stuff like that. It was mm. just a, it was a tough season, music talent wise. Yet for whatever reason, we saw amazing, beautiful growth during that time, just authentic worship, even though mm-hmm. this person leading worship did not have a great voice at all. It was mm-hmm. actually painful at times. Like, But we just, for whatever reason, that's how God was moving and leading during that time. And it was just a, it was just one of those moments where we were like, oh, yeah, it's not dependent on us. It's not dependent on any talents and gifts that we make sure we put front and center i don't know it was just like a cool i hate that it was at the expense of someone's lack of a gift but it was just like this reminder of like it it, doesn't matter yeah you don't have to be the coolest hippest church and like god's still gonna move it's his church not ours so i don't know kirk's pretty hip he is he also has a great voice (laughs) amazing voice voice. Mm -hmm. you know next time i'm doing sound i'm gonna make sure his mic is on during worship all right gotta give a taste he's got (laughs) to share that that voice you know with the the world (laughs) Uh, when i first came i was the dewitt campus pastor and i got to kind of take the reins from michelle and i think um we we saw some really um specific growth um in that season and i think it was i want to give kudos to michelle i think michelle really set it up easy for me to find that win Mm -hmm. and uh but i love when things grow i really do i love to see like people and we were setting up chairs uh it was awesome just to see the momentum on that side of things and um the the even more than just the numbers for me i got it was really cool because i would walk through different rooms of the dewitt campus and each time i could see people just getting prayed for like, so at some point people were opening up and asking for prayer and it wasn't from me. I didn't have to go and do all of that. I was mm-hmm. a part of quite a few of them, but it was like, it was people doing it for each other, you know? And it was just really neat to see that. I really enjoyed that. And, um, uh, yeah, I think it was just an easy win for me from Michelle's leadership. She did an amazing job. She loves people, um, through and through, and you can totally see that. And her family are incredible. So now Jesus church is there and love the fact that they're, doing their thing and it's been going really well too. So just consistent growth at the DeWitt side of things. (laughs) That was awesome just to be a part of. Yeah. That's very cool. How long have you been here though? Just for random stat purposes. How long have I been here? Five years? Uh, Yeah, probably. Yeah. I think around five years. Holy crap. Uh, June 1st, but I don't remember the date. I'm horrible. Yeah, I don't. It was before COVID. Yeah. 
I was here for two years. Do you before remember COVID. the year Sydney graduated? Because I Don't can figure it spot. off of that. <laughs> All right, never mind. <laughs> horrible with dates. You need to call Becca. Yeah, phone a friend. I bet Becca it's four years. I bet it was 2019 you moved here. No, because mm, yeah, so it is mm. five years. Holy <laughs> crap! Time flies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It goes faster as you get older. That's, well, five years. COVID years in there too. Man. The blip. We call yeah, it the blip. Yeah. The blip. I, <laughs> yeah, I started MCU during style. the blip. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I What'd started. What'd you do before the blip? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Man. Yeah, I started here in 2020. Well, that's a great time, by the way, to start a new yeah. job. You know, well, yeah. that's a good good time to the do that. Summer, Get like, to new of COVID, August, right? the end of August of 2020. And you didn't have a job description. I did not. That was a good story too. I'd love to tell you all that story sometime. Uh, <laughs> what are you gonna? I don't know. I don't know. I'm leaving my current job to take another job. I don't know what I'm doing. Hey, ministry. <laughs> we'll figure it out. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> So, uh, so I've only been here two and a half years, and I say only. It feels w- like two and a half years is not a short amount of time, but because of Almost the blip, three years. it feels like I think it's five. You've been here five. I've been years. five yeah. years. This yeah, summer, same same time Sydney graduated. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming back to me now. Uh, but yeah, so for me, uh, the growth of Faith Church has been interesting because I've only known Faith Church post COVID. Um, and so it's still like, I hear the stories of what it was like before COVID. Um, but I never experienced that. So it's been interesting for me to start literally during COVID. And we were, I think we did a couple outdoor services and then we were not in person for a while when I was even here. So, um, to watch from that to just even the growth. And I know, it's a very different church than it was before. Mm-hmm. Um, but to watch the growth and to watch the authenticity of people and the people that are here, I've absolutely come to love. Um, and for growth too. And I think of that, like for me personally, it's been incredible. Uh, I, it's been such a healing time for me and a, a push too at the same time uh, to grow. And I think I might've mentioned this before, but like I've come to know Jesus in a whole different way uh, well, in my time here. Um, but just in the love and freedom of Jesus. And that's because of the staff here, but also I see it in the people. Yeah. Um, I, I have quite the story. I mean, again, I'd love to, for the listener, like take you out coffee, whatever, and share my whole story. But We're still doing the intro of this sermon while you get oh, in or this podcast. The podcast. Go ahead, get yeah, into it. Get, get going now. Yep. Great. Uh, <laughs> so you're telling people free coffee? Free coffee. Nice. On Courtney. <laughs> to hear the story. Yeah. That's coffee awesome. with Courtney. Here we go. Uh, Do you like Starbucks or Big B? Mm. <laughs> Depends on the drink. I get they mock me because I get Big B every day, but it's <laughs> half a mile from my house, so I can drink it on my way here. So there you go. I like Starbucks as well. And you uh, sure you like working here? <laughs> it's debatable. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Anyway, um, but the the growth and the for me, it's been just the the true love of the people that are here. Um, like, I remember the first time that I preached, which was my first time preaching ever. Um, I think I'd been here maybe two months, if that. Um, and just the feedback, and I know it was not, like, the best sermon of all time. <laughs> like, I know that. There's no way. I t- speaking of blacking out, like, that, 100%. I couldn't even tell you what it was about. Like, I um, saw people. Just, I don't even know if I saw people. I just I think saw. I was floating. <laughs> it, was, it was weird. It was so weird. Uh, Did you hear music? I heard nothing. (laughs) Bright light, nothing. That's it. Um, But afterwards, just the the feedback from people and like the encouragement. And I remember thinking like, oh, that's nice, but they don't actually mean it. 
And it has been so consistent all the way through of people supporting me and encouraging me and just loving me. And I, it, there's a part of me that kind of still expects like a shoe to drop and mm-hmm. be like, okay, where's the catch here? Where's the I'm two and a half years in and that's yet to happen. Mm-hmm. And I love that. That's beautiful. Um, and so that for me has been the coolest, best thing about faith church as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. I will say as someone who has been here the longest, the season that we're in right now at Faith Church has been my favorite season. Why is like, that? Because I see walls coming down. I see, you know, less people hiding or less people having shame over things. Like people are so much more willing nowadays to come in and just talk about life, talk about yeah. the ups and downs and not not shy away from it, not put on their Sunday best. I feel like we are in such a great season right now at Faith Church of like just this authenticity. Like people aren't shying away from the the hard, difficult realities of life and they're just embracing each other through it all. And I think that's, yeah. man, that's what makes a, a, a beautiful community. Yeah. Do you think it's more a cultural thing or do you think that's something here at Faith Church? I, I think it's a little bit of both. I think in some ways... Uh, this speaks more to the flesh side of humanity. I think people are just like tired of things. Mm-hmm. So like they're just tired of putting mm-hmm. on a show. I think that's definitely part of uh, what's happening in the culture. But I, I still think there's this resistance in church world against authenticity because we still do need to put on our Sunday best. Mm-hmm. And we still like, and I, so I still think that's a, a flaw in the big C church world for sure right now. Uh, and I think, for whatever reason, Faith Church is particularly uh, positioned to speak into that right now. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we're doing that. I feel like, and not just the staff, I think we're doing a a good job of it too, but our people, Faith Mm -hmm. Church community is like, they're just embracing it. And like when someone throws out something wild that either happened to them or they're thinking through, or like whatever, it's just like, yeah, life happens. I love you no matter, like it's just cool to see that response right now. Yeah. Um, so I think it's both cultural and a faith church thing. That's cool. Yeah. I will say I've met with a couple of former students over the last several months of mine and not from faith church and uh, ones who have kind of been unsure where they're at with Jesus these days uh, from church her or just experiences or whatever it might be, um, legalism, whatever. And it's been cool for me to sit and have the conversations with them and to end up inviting them to come check out faith church but not in a like sales pitch way but in a i want you to experience this like you need to come experience this love and this acceptance and like the people are going to see you when you walk in the door and truly love you when you walk in and it i've noticed that just kind of flows out of me in the conversations it's not this oh i feel like i should invite them to church like or it's obligatory mm-hmm. thing that i have to get my sales pitch quote unquote in um but it's really been this organic thing for me where I'll, I'll even walk out of the conversation and be like, whoa, like I just really want them to come check out Faith Church because I want them to experience it. Like I want them to be able to be a part of that and to kind of experience what I've experienced. Mm-hmm. So and it's just a cool thing. It's just a very, I don't know, unique thing, I feel like at this point too. And across so. generations too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Again, like nine and a half years here. So I've gotten to see a big chunk in like, seeing some of the, even the older generation, 
change from this Sunday best to I'm going to come in with my ups and downs from this week. And that's been so Mm -hmm. cool. I love it right now. Like people are so open and free and they're just embracing Jesus. I love it. It's great. Absolutely. All right. Well, I think that's a wrap for today's episode. If we did not get to one of the questions you submitted, or if you have further questions from things we've talked about, again, we would love to hear from you. Hello at wearefaithchurch.com. And maybe one of us will take you out for coffee. You never know. For free. For free on us. Yeah. Yeah. Big B or Starbucks. You pick. Starbucks. (laughs) Yeah. Big B. If it's Evan, he prefers Big B. He does. He loves it. Gift cards especially. (laughs) Sorry, Big B owners, if you happen to be listening. Big B corporate. But we have one episode left. We do. Next week, our final episode of this season. Don't miss it. Yep. All right. And that's it for now. Go in grace and peace. Yeah. Yeah.